Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Right. I know we may have a few out this morning due to the Memorial Day holiday weekend, but that's okay. We're going to praise the Lord anyhow. Uh, I'm grateful to have my pastor and, and Sister Britt back. Um, they've, been, uh, they've been gone so long, Pastor May preach his message in French, but uh, anyways, we're so glad to have them back in the house of God, believe in God for great things this morning. This is Pentecost Sunday. How many is glad to be a Pentecostal on Pentecost Sunday? Hallelujah. So glad to be here, honored to speak and uh, teach this lesson this morning. Um, I believe I have the last lesson, and uh, that's what you get for not showing up to the roster uh, when it's when it's uh, handed out. So, anyways, uh, I thank God for this lesson. This lesson I prayed about and, and uh, asked God to help me with uh, um, on the uh, onset of it. It looked like it was just very simple, and uh, but God, I believe, gave me a word this morning. Amen. And uh, anyways, it's uh, it's found. My lesson, of course, is found. In First uh, Samuel chapter three, verses one through ten. While Sister Cindy is getting that, I don't know if she was uh, given those scriptures. Uh, I believe in the Word of God. Amen. It's sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. I believe that when you hear the Word of God, it should change you. It should quicken your mortal body. Amen. When you come into the house of God, you should not leave the same way. The Bible says, if you enter into the east gate, you should leave by the Westgate. You should not leave the same way that you come. I was reading in uh, the book of Genesis and Noah, uh, they actually had to exit the ark, Brother Chris, through the window because the Bible says that God sealed the door. So they did not go in or go out the same way that they went in. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God is uh, all powerful. His word is uh, life-changing. It's transforming. Uh, you can remain seated in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. The Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass in that time that when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and the air of the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the covenant was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again, and he went and laid down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. And he said, Here am I. For thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know yet, uh, or did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. 
And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Uh, so Samuel went down, went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. The title of my lesson this morning is uh, Help to Understand God's Call. Help to Understand God's Call. And hopefully with the Lord's help, I will help you to identify the voice of God, help interpret the call of God, and what to do when God calls you. How many would like that? Sometimes we don't really uh, get a clear message on the voice of God, Brother Sparks. We, we don't know if it's just what God's telling us to do or if it's just something we ate the night before. But we know that sometimes that in the midst of all of that, that we feel a call of God on our life. And uh, it's, uh, it's sometimes just as unclear as uh, any message. Sometimes it's just to simply go like he told Abraham or to be patient like he told Job and sometimes we don't like that type of message because it, it it's a little to no instructions on what to do when you get somewhere or when you start something amen and I'm not going to do a lot of yelling and screaming this morning so I hope brother Vest that uh, what the Lord has given me will uh, be enough and uh, if I see some people sleep I may just start yelling so um, no, it's all in good fun. Uh, it's okay to have fun in the house of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Samuel, of course, um, is where my story or my lesson picks up. It was during this time that Hannah had prayed for a child. She was barren and she went and wept at the temple and Eli saw her and, and thought she was drunk and began to uh, scold her and rebuke her, but he found out that she was uh, crying to the point where she could not utter words. And when she found out, or uh, when he found out what she was praying for, uh, he told her, he said, you will have a child. And, and Hannah promised that she would dedicate that child unto the Lord. And true to her word, when the child was weaned, she dedicated uh, Samuel unto God. During this time, it was a 400 stint period that uh, the Lord of God began uh, to dwell in the city of Shiloh. 400 years, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not move. And the Bible said that there was no open word in that time and the air of the lamp of God had gone out and there was, God wasn't speaking, in other words, to his people during this time. Nothing miraculous was happening. And then all of a sudden, one night, when Samuel reached uh, about the age of 12, as historians believe, that God began to call the name of Samuel. And during the night, he got up and he said, here am I. And he ran to Eli, the high priest. It is strange to me, Pastor, that the voice of God sounded like the voice of Eli. 
Samuel and Eli were not the only ones in the temple that night. In addition to the temple staff, there was also Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And uh, despite this, this, this miraculous sacrifice that Hannah made, Samuel wasn't the only child dedicated to God during those times. Um, orphans were also housed in the temple of God. Uh, the temple played daycare during times of war and when parents needed uh, to house their children when they had to take long and treacherous journeys uh, because of fear that their children may be kidnapped during the night and sold into slavery. So there were multiple children there. There was multiple staff there. But the voice of God did not sound like any one of them. It did not sound like the sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. It did not sound like one of the children. The voice of God, strangely enough, sounded like the voice of Eli. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when you first hear the voice of God, it will sound like the voice of the priest. It will sound like the voice of the man of God. It will sound like the voice of the pastor. What's pumped out of this pulpit every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night is the voice of God teaching us, helping us, ministering us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that each and every uh, message that comes from this pulpit is to me. Brother Sparks, it has my name on it. You might be over there doing the, the two-step because you think that he's talking to you. But in all actuality, those messages are for me. They're for me, Brother Chris. They're from my house. They have my name on it. I believe that when you stop and you think this message is not for me and you believe the word of God is no longer for you, that is when the Lord stops calling your name. I'm here to tell you that that word is precious. And that word is for uh, discipline. It is for doctrine. It is for reproof. It is for my good. And as for me and my house, pastor, I'm going to serve the Lord. It does not sound like anything else out there. You have to understand that to the world... This man is Billy Shane Britt. But when he puts on the mantle of pastor and he teaches to my soul, he becomes the mouthpiece of God. I'm all about some inspirational preaching. With the invention of Facebook and YouTube and other social media you can listen to other sermons. You can listen to preachers all over the world from different denominations. And I'm here to tell you, you can listen to some very inspirational sermons. You can also read some very inspirational books, Bishop. But I'm here to tell you that if those voices try to drown out the voice of the priest, it is not of God. It doesn't sound like Hophni and Phinehas. It sounds like the priest. And I'm here to tell you that if those voices try to tell you something that the voice of the priest does not sound like, then that is not the call of God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Out of everyone, it sounded like the voice of Eli. I do not fault Eli during this time for not recognizing that it was the calling of God for Samuel. Middle of the night, there had been no word from God in ages. It took him a couple of times to realize, but he picked up on it. You see, you have to understand that Eli realized that he wasn't the only one that God chose to speak to. Sometimes in this situation, I have to, I'm going to take it away from everybody else and just apply it to me because I don't want to offend or hurt anybody. But I'm not the only one that God talks to. I'm not the only one that's been gifted with this. I'm not the only one with this talent. I'm not the only one with this treasure. God, I need to understand that God is going to bring in some people or raise some people up in this church that is going to have a call on their life. Brother Paul, your kids are going to have a call on their life. Hallelujah. Melissa will tell you, she'll verify this, that it was no easy feat to pick up and move to Hartzell. But I thank God that I did. Because of look where my children are today. Because I listened to the voice. And I submitted myself. And I submitted my family to the voice of God. That instructed me on what to do today in and day out. My family is all the better for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not only did Eli understand that he wasn't the only circus in town, but he also understood that Samuel needed to know how to respond to God. It's not just enough that we recognize that some people have those gifts, but we need to help foster and help instruct on how to respond to the call of God appropriately. See, in this situation here, it's one thing to misadvise or to give somebody the wrong information, but it is equally as dangerous as not supporting at all and being silent. Recognize that somebody may be your competition. And understand that God may be speaking to them as well as you. Well, I'm not going to do anything to interfere, but I'm not going to do anything to help. We must learn how to help, educate, and foster those that have a call on their life. Not only to respond to God, but to respond to Him appropriately. You see, the inappropriate way to respond to God i.e. is to ignore him. If you want God to stop calling your name, there is a way to do it. And that is, of course, to ignore him. Or maybe manipulate the call of God for my own advantage. God will stop calling then. But there is a right way to respond to God. Notice what Eli said to Samuel. When you return and you hear the voice of God, Speak to you again. This is what you need to say. Speak by thy servant heareth. There's three ingredients that I believe you have to have in order 
to respond to God appropriately. You must allow God to speak. You must allow your ears to hear. And you must allow your mind and your body to serve. Without those three ingredients, you will have no appropriate respond to God Almighty. There was a home that Jesus frequented often. It was the home of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Y'all remember him? Lazarus rose from the dead. Ring a bell. This home was a place that Jesus would like to go to often and relax and kind of rehabilitate after a long, hard week of teaching and preaching. In this home, there was times that Jesus felt comfortable. He did not feel as comfortable in other homes as he did this home. There was one particular incident, Sister Britt, that Jesus came to this home to relax. But instead of relaxing, he began to teach. He began to speak. Mary was at the feet of Jesus listening. And Martha was in the kitchen serving. Notice what happened. Martha got upset and came to Jesus and said, hey, you need to tell Mary to come help me serve. Jesus said, wait a minute. He says, you can, there's one thing that you lack. And you cannot take that away from Mary. For that which she has chosen is the good part. You see, if you understand this principle right here. That if I refuse to allow Jesus to speak. He will not feel comfortable in my home. If I allow Jesus to speak and I don't listen, then he will not feel comfortable in my home. And if I allow him to speak and I become a hearer only, then he will not feel comfortable in my home. I've got to have those three ingredients I've got to be able to allow him to speak. I've got to be able to allow myself to hear. And I've got to serve with my time, my talents, and my treasure. If I ever want the Lord to feel comfortable in my heart, I must learn to allow him to speak. I must listen and I must serve. There is no other way to appropriately respond to the call of God without those things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's okay while you are waiting for your call, while you are waiting for the voice of God in your life, it's okay to help somebody else out with their calling. It's okay to give them all of the nuggets and all of, of, of the uh, side notes and, and all, of the, all of your footnotes. This thing is not just for you. This thing is not just, just for me. This thing is not just for me. I am not going to sit there and downgrade, downplay, and put anything out of the way that, that may have an opportunity to get up here and feel what I feel right now. I am honored to be here. I am privileged to be here. And I want to help somebody else to receive and accept their calling and to respond to the Lord appropriately. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There are voices in our lives. There are voices that come to us all the time. And we have to learn to filter them out. Amen? There are things that we're going to see. There are things that we're going to hear. There are things that we're going to read. And we have to use a Holy Ghost filter in order to understand that what the voice that is coming across this platform is telling me, if it is contrary to the voice that I am listening to, then I have to kick it out. I cannot allow the voices... To silence the voice of the priest. Sometimes the biggest voice that you will have to learn to silence is your own voice. Notice in the parable, Brother Sparks, where the parable's uh, prodigal son had reached his end, had reached his limit. He was in the pigsty. He was eating the husk alongside the pigs. And the Bible says, he said to himself. Now sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a, a bad thing, Brother Paul. Depends on what you say to yourself. We all talk to each other, or talk to ourselves. Don't, I'm not the only one. How many has just done something really, really ignorant, and you just, if somebody heard you, they, they probably thought that they were, you were talking about them. That's stupid. It's, ah. Sometimes we say things to ourselves that that's really not good. Sometimes we put ourselves down. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we say to ourselves, uh, did you really hear the call of God in your life? Did you really, really, uh, are you really a teacher? Are you really a preacher? Are you really a musician? There's people out there a lot better than me. There's a lot, of, a lot better people out there that can do a lot better job. And I'm here to tell you, if it's not consistent with the voice that tells you you can make it, that tells you you're going to be all right, that tells you your family's going to survive, then it's got to be kicked out in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not going to sit here and put down the voice that I hear from this pulpit in front of my family. At the dinner table. The voice that my children hear needs to be consistent with the voice of the priest. You know, if pastor come to me and said, hey, tomorrow I want you to go to Alaska, preach the gospel. I might have to fast on that one. I don't like the cold. hate it. But that's not normally what he's saying. Normally it's, you need to do this. Check your attitude. Make sure this is all right. Check your house. Clean this out. Make sure this is not going to come in. Make sure this is not hurting you. Make sure this is not the devil. Make sure this is not an, an evil spirit. Just go in there. Find out. Pray. Seek God's face. And those are all good points. And if those, those voices, those voices that I may be entertaining out here is not consistent with the voices that, or the voice that is coming from here, then that's something I'm going to have to check. 
And if my children hear me every single time discredit the voice from this pulpit, I'm telling I'm doing more damage than I am good. Remember, this is on how we are identifying. And God is not going to start just speaking out of nowhere. It's going to be consistent. The Bible, Jesus said that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let my word be established. So if it's not coming from here and you didn't confirm it in his word and you hear somebody else come to you and say, hey, this is what God's telling me to tell you, then I'm here to tell you it's going to be one voice. It's okay if you want to start a church on Mars. But I'm here to tell you right now, why not start here? Why not serve here? We need help here. Start right here. Sign up today. And what I'm trying to tell you is you, it's, it's, it's okay if you want to save the Martian souls, Brother Vest. But God has souls around you. There's souls here in Hartzell. There's souls in your neighborhood. You work with them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The basketball coach of a small but successful college prepared for his day by shaving and making himself more presentable. He sprayed out the shaving cream, lathered it up. After taking a few swipes at his growing beard with his razor, he heard his wife's voice downstairs. There was a phone call for him. Since the story occurred in the days before cell phones, the coach needed to make his way downstairs to answer the landline tethered to the wall. You remember those? Wondering if he would, uh, should even bother with the call, he asked his wife, who is it? As he continued shaving, she replied, honey, it's Sports Illustrated. The surprising answer shocked the coach, causing him to cut himself while shaving. This was it, his big moment. He had worked so hard to improve his team, even though most people did not give his program the time of day. One of the best sporting magazines on the planet recognized his coaching genius. Wiping the blood from his cut face, the coach turned to sprint downstairs. He ran right into the wall. Uh, I'm sorry. He ran right into the wall, uh, but the pain did not deter him. He rounded the corner and grabbed the handrail. His speed and his exuberance nearly uh, caused him to slide down the stairs. Thankfully, the rail saved him. He busted around the corner and hit his knee on the table. Grabbing his throbbing leg, he continued hopping towards the phone. This is important. Um, he grabbed it and said, hello, Sports Illustrated. On the other line, a cheerful voice replied, that's right. And for only a small monthly subscription rate. You can enjoy this vast, best Sports Illustrated has to offer. <clears throat> the dejected coach hung up the phone and slumped down uh, on the next wall. We may find ourselves in a similar situation where we feel like we're all that in a bag of chips. And then the call comes and we realize that God's just putting us on hold or, hey, be patient. Your time is not yet. You know, a lot is to be said about Stephen, the first martyr. He's kind of hailed and, and celebrated as the first one to give his life to Christ. But if you'll go back and read, the Bible says that Stephen was instructed to only serve tables. 
But they caught him outside the temple teaching and preaching, which is the reason why they grabbed him, arrested him, and stoned him. Now you can take that for what it's worth. That one's for free. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes you may just be jumping the gun. And there's nothing wrong with going to the priest and asking, I need you to help me pray about something. This is a big decision. I need to know if this was from God. There's nothing, would it not save us sometimes? We've got examples in the Bible. We've got examples in this church. And you may even be able to draw from your own personal experience about, you know what? If I would have just waited, I could have saved myself a whole lot of hurt and heartache. If I would have just waited. But I decided to listen to other voices. And I decided to entertain another call. And because it didn't happen when I wanted it to happen, I decided to jump the gun. We all know the story of Abraham, how God promised to give him a son and to make him the father of many nations. But he decided to go ahead and exercise his right. And God will do that. He will allow us to mess up. He will allow us to make mistakes. Now here's the thing. We have to contend with those mistakes. We have to deal with those consequences. We reap what we sow. Amen? But that doesn't mean God is through with you. He doesn't mean it's going to write you off. All right? Understand that, that you are going to reap what you sow. Okay, the first of the month is coming due, and you're going to have to pay. But I'm here to tell you that God is still in control. He's still all-powerful. He's got a call on your life. He wants to foster something in you. He wants to minister something in you. And all we have to do is be but willing souls and to hear him speak and serve. And God will bring it to pass. I'm here to tell you that if we will set our pride aside and help some of these little ones realize their potential, like Eli did with Samuel, I believe, Pastor, we will be producing kingmakers. If we help these little ones, we will be raising kingmakers. I may not ever sit in the presence of kings, but my son may. And I'm going to do what I can to help educate him on how to handle the voice of God and respond appropriately to his call. Won't be a little transparent with you. It was over the Christmas holiday. My son, of course, has never dealt with anything that he is dealing with right now uh, at uh, school and brother and sister Britt can um, verify this and testify that this is true. Uh, he was made um, a band coach of uh, IBC and a lot of weight and responsibility was placed on the shoulders of a 19 year old boy. And uh, in this situation here um, is a lot of responsibility to shoulder, a lot of weight to carry. And um, he come home, and uh, my wife and I kind of let him 
just do what he needs to do for the first one to three days. Just let him kind of detox a little bit. Uh, just rest and, and whatever, how long he wants to sleep, you know, what he wants to eat. I know that's probably not a good idea, but he just crashes a little bit when he comes home. Uh, he, was, he was home for a little over a week, and um, I, uh, I told him, I said, while you're here, I said, um, I said, you need to change your oil. I went and got the oil and the filter, and I had everything ready. All he had to do was pop the hood and change it. It would have taken 15, 20 minutes. And uh, the day was approaching that he was fixing to leave, and, and he still hadn't changed his oil. And I had to go in there, and I had to be daddy. And uh, the day before he left, he still hadn't changed his oil and kind of fussed at him a little bit, just being honest. And uh, he kind of broke down a little bit. And, uh, and I, I don't want to be the straw that breaks the camel's back by no means, but he, he has to understand that even with this calling and this ministry, he's still got to take care of, of some little things. He's, he's still got to understand the need of one day taking care of his spouse. He's still got to understand that, that his kids are, and, and their priorities are just as important as the call of God. And I saw that boy just cry and break down. And I apologize. But I knew... I told him this. I said, if you want to quit. He said, sometimes I just feel like quitting. And I said, look, if you want to quit, go ahead. I said, you come home. You have a place here. I'll help you find a job. I said, but is that what you want to do every time something gets tough? Is quit. You want to be that shelter. You want to be that place where he comes and feels safe. But you also have to prepare him. Brother Pitts, you have to. Have to. Because he's a kingmaker. He's a kingmaker. He's going to play on stages that I, I only dream of. He's going to be able to rub shoulders with men of God that I've only seen. On video. But he's a king maker. And I have to help. And I don't know what my purpose is. Other than to, to work. Provide for my family. And be faithful to the house of God. But I got those three ingredients pastor. I'm hearing him speak. And I'm serving in the house of God. Because I'm raising king makers. And I'm going to tell you here right now. That if you will learn. To obey the voice of God. You too can raise king makers. I'm winding down. Years later. We all know the story. Some of us may not, and that's understandable. Very, very awesome passage of Scripture in First and Second Samuel. King Saul got to a point in his life where he would quit listening to the voice of the priest. And there's a message that Brother Jerry Dillon preaches. I believe the title is, Don't Let Samuel Die. Very powerful message. You need to listen to it. 
It's an awesome message, and I'm not taking away from anything. I'm not going to even add to it. But it's just to prove that sometimes in our lives that there are people that kill the voice of the priest in their life. That's the first thing the devil wants to do. It's cut off the voice of the priest so that we won't have that consistent message coming from this platform to help lead us and guide us so we won't make mistakes that will cost us dearly. And so in this situation, the Bible says that Saul had put out all of the familiar spirits, all of the witches, the warlocks, the necromancers. But he, had, he was desperate, Pastor. He was desperate to hear the voice of the priest one more time. You see, you got to understand that Samuel became the mouthpiece of God. Samuel became the example. The example. You have to understand that in your workplace, in your neighborhood, you are the closest thing to Christ. You are the closest thing to the mouth of God. And when people come to you, I know it's hard trying to live this holy lifestyle in a worldly place. But I'm telling you, people are watching. People are looking. There's a man by the name of Jesse Waldrop. I worked with him at Morgan County Jail. He watched me. He'll tell you, he lost a little bit. Uh, at the very end, so he probably forgot, but he watched me. He, he, uh, he, he said, you're a Christian. I said, yes, sir. He said, where do you go to church? And I told him, I said, you're more than welcome to come. And from that day, he started coming to our church until he got too sick, he couldn't. But you got to understand that you are all the Christ that they will see sometimes. God is everywhere, I know that. But to become his mouthpiece, to become his voice, Saul said, I need to hear the voice of my pastor one more time. He tried, Brother Sparks, to hear from God, and God wouldn't talk to him. But he said, I need to hear the voice of the priest one more time. You see, the voice of Samuel was as close to the voice of God that he was ever going to get. And I'm here to tell you that we can be God's mouthpiece. We can be the example that is set for others to see. I know it's difficult, I know it's tough, but God has a calling on our life. And I'm here to help you understand that calling. That the voice that you need to listen to is the voice of the priest. It'll be most consistent with the voice of God than anything else out there. 
and how to respond to that call and how to respond to God appropriately is to listen to him speak. Allow yourself to hear and serve in any way, any capacity. But we also must be the call. We also must be the heart of God. David said, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Understand that there are voices out there that are trying to detour you. Paul said, if an angel come preaching any other gospel that we have taught, we have taught, let him be accursed. Let's stand all over the house. I love each and every one of you. I hope this has been a good lesson in trying to understand. Sometimes God is going, we think God is going to just go booming out of the heavens and, and, and crack the sky with his voice to tell us what he wants us to know. But sometimes it's a still, small voice. It's something quiet. Sometimes it's right in front of us. Sometimes it's the preaching that we hear. Each and every time we come to church, Brother Paul, that helps us grow, that helps us to become who we need to be in God's house. And I truly believe that if we would hear what God has to say, and we learn how to serve in whatever capacity that is necessary, we'll find our calling. Amen? Let's lift our hands all over the house. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. God, to hear what you have for us, God. Thank you for this time, Lord God. I pray right now that you'll bring us back safely at 11 o'clock, Lord God. Lord, to minister, Lord Jesus, hear the singing of the word, the preaching of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. Uh, give the Sunday school classes a few more minutes uh, before you pick up your children. God bless you. We'll see you back here at 11. Just a reminder, rise up is today. Rise up is today. Thank you so much.